Isn't it wonderful this morning to be able to praise Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. So good to be able to lift up His name. And I want Him to sing that Lighthouse song. I love the Lighthouse. If it wasn't for the Lighthouse. And and I need the every... Isn't that something we need Jesus every day? Amen? Not just on Sunday, but just every day we need Him in our lives. And something else that we need this morning, I'm going to be preaching on the next couple Sundays, is... The presence of God in our lives, in our church, but not just the presence of God, His manifest presence. And there's a difference uh, in the omnipresence of God. We know without a doubt that God's presence is everywhere. David said in Psalms 139, where can I go from your presence, O Lord? Can I go to the grave? Can I go to heaven? Far as east is from the west, he could not escape the presence of God. We see, we see God's presence in creation. We see with the presence of God and everything that He does. But there is such a difference. We get sometimes as a church body and God working in our church body, we, we think, well, God's presence in our church. And, and God's presence is in a church that is preaching Jesus Christ. Amen? That's preaching the truth. His presence is there. But there is a difference this morning, church, when God... Why is it that God works in a church over here on this side of the street and four miles down the road, nobody shows up and nothing's happening? You go into that church and it's dead. It's because of the manifest presence of God. Manifest presence of God is where God is working right now. And that's the place where all of us should want to be. It's where God is working right now. Not 20 years ago. Not 30. Not 40. But right where is God working? I want to get where God's working. I want to get there. You're hungry for the presence of God. In, in God. David said in Psalm 1611. He said... Talking about the Lord, he said, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David said, In your presence is joy. When God's presence is manifested, there's joy in a group, in a person. There should be joy in a church. And the reason the joy is there is because God manifested himself, his glory came to that church, and he became real. I don't know about y'all guys, but I'm hungry for God to be real. We can't keep going on in life and and, and as the church is in 2000 and... and, 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 I forgot what year I'm in. 14? 13. I'm a year older. Man. Better than 1999, amen. But the church today needs more than just reading about God in His book and His manifestations and how He healed and how He did this and how He showed up he parted the Red Sea. How he was with Daniel in the lion's den. How he was with David when he fought the giant. I need that to be real in my everyday life. Because I fight giants and I fight devils every day. And I need God to show up and to be real, not just a story that it was taught to me during VBS or a church camp, but God, are you real right now when I'm having marriage problems? God, you need to be real right now when my kids are going crazy. Lord, I need you in this church body to show up and be real when people walk in to worship you every Sunday. Not just about me preaching. It's not about me. But Lord, when people come, they see you in that place. And they can walk out of there and say, man, God was there this morning. God spoke to me in that place. And it's the greatest thing in the world to say God spoke to me just like He did Moses. Do you know God can still do that today? (laughs) He can still speak to your heart just as much as He did to anybody in the Bible 
But we've got to be hungry enough to go after. We got to, we got to, there's things we've got to do to have the manifest presence of God. I told my class this morning, it's more than just showing up. Man, every time I get ready to preach God's Word, Saturday night, just praying about God, Lord, I want you to show up and be real. I don't want to go to church to go to church. If you're not there, then it's no good for us to be here. We're not a deer club. We're not the NRA. We're not the PTA. We're not the society club or FFA at Lake Hamilton. We need something that sets us apart and makes us different than any other group of people. And that's the manifest presence of God this morning. But I'll tell you how, and then joy comes, David said, man, there is joy in your presence. Listen, if there's not joy, if you're not having joy in your life or joy in your church, there's something wrong with your walk or that church. You say, Brother George, I just don't have no joy in my walk with God no more. God's presence isn't manifesting Himself to you. He's around you, but is He making Himself real and working right where you're at? It was kind of like I laughed about this church this week that I read. This church, uh, a new Christian young man came into the church service. He was visiting a church. And they, they had worship like ours this morning. He was just so excited. He was newly saved. And he said, while they were right there in the middle of song service, he stood up and raised his hand and says, Yeah, that's right. Amen, what a good song. He didn't really know the church lingo yet of amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He just said, yeah, that's right. But you know, God's not looking for lingo. He's looking for a praise. Amen. amen. And he said, yeah, that's right. Go on. Sing it. Man, that's a good song. Man, he clapped his hands and sat down and people in the church. It was a real uptight church anyway. <laughs> and so they were looking around at him. And they couldn't believe. What's this guy saying? Yeah, that's right. Praise God. So the preacher come on up after the song service and went to preaching and, and, and the young man was still sitting right there on about the third row and the preacher got to preach and he said, that's right, preach it. Yeah, go ahead. Amen, that's right. And people got to look around like, who is this guy? Seen one of the deacons over on the side motion for the guy in the back like that and pointed over to the guy. Man, this guy, he's just all smiles. He's bubbling over. He's happy. The preacher kept preaching. He kept saying, yeah, that's right. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Finally, one of the ushers come from the back and they walked up to him and said, Son, listen, you're going to have to stop what you're doing. He said, What do you mean stop? What am I doing wrong? He said, I'm a new saved Christian. He said, Isn't it great to praise Jesus and to be in His presence? He said, I've got the joy of the Lord. He said, Listen here, son, you didn't get it here, so be quiet. <laughs> Amen? Isn't that... That's a lot like our church services today. You didn't get that here, so be quiet. Listen, when you have the manifest presence of God shows up in your life, listen, God can't help but fill you up and overfill, and people around you know without a doubt that you've been in the presence of God. Sometimes we need people to be like Moses when he come down off the mountain. He, he wore the veil to cover up God's glory. Because his face shined so brightly because he was in the presence of God. Of God this morning. And we need something that, 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 that makes us set apart than anybody else. Listen, every church is different. But we need something in this church body, in this, in this, in this church body here at Pleasant Hill, that sets us apart from everybody else, from every other club, and even every other church. And that is the manifest presence of God. We need to invite Jesus to come in and work in our church body. Amen.
And sometimes we have to be intentional about that. Well, I hope God shows up today. Don't pray that prayer. Pray, Jesus, I'm prayed up. I, I want you to show up and show out today. Amen? Just come on in. Come in and break away all of the uh, unforgiveness, all the flesh that's in this building. Break the chains from this church and show us the real you. Sometimes I want to preach that so bad when I'm up here. When Miss So-and-so don't like Mr. So-and-so, I want to say, get along! Come, Jesus, take care of them. Show them what your glory is about. And I love that I put that when God shows up and shows off. This is the definition of a great Sunday. Is when God shows up and shows off, He doesn't come in to take sides. He comes in to take over. Amen? I love that about God. And I know we're sitting around all the time today saying, Boy, I wish God was in the White House. I wish God was back in the school house. No, folks. Let's pray that God gets back in the church house and gets real again. Amen? Real. Well, we can see people coming down the aisle and being saved because the gospel was preached. They're actually convicted. You know what? What a great day the church would have if actually we accepted conviction and surrendered and said, Be real in my heart. Change me, O God. Instead of saying, It's my way or the highway. You'll see a great day. You'll see God moving your life when you decide to surrender and give it all to Him. When you forget about past and people that hurt you. Oh, man. Listen, I got news for you today, folks. We are not going to be able to stand up one day in front of Jesus Christ and He looks at me and says, Why did you have a grudge for 14 years in your church? Why did you not go to church again? Well, that brother over there, he's not going to say, I don't care about that brother. It's about you. As for you and your house, why didn't you serve the Lord? No deacon is going to be standing in front of you on the day of judgment. No person that hurts your feelings. All Jesus is going to say, here, take a towel. (laughs) Here's a tissue. Amen? Amen? I'll amen to George. Amen to preach it, George. That's good. Maybe you're the one that's sitting back there sold up this morning like you've been baptized in lemon juice. You probably got something against me. You might be the one that's stopping the manifest presence of God from taking over this church. I don't think God works like that. Listen, whenever we're sitting in the camp, they died. Amen? Amen. But we don't take God serious today. We don't take... And I'm not afraid to preach about sin and taking Him serious. I'm sick and tired of people being casual in their walk with Jesus. And inviting other people to be casual, saying, it's okay, everybody does it. Yeah, that's how people get hooked on dope. (laughs) Because everybody else does. Jesus is looking for somebody that don't do it because everybody else does. He does it because they got a surrendered heart and they want more. I can preach in the dark. It's all right. <laughs> Look at that. He said, i got to turn these lights on. He's getting way out of control up there. <laughs> Let's all stand now. That was my two-minute introduction. <laughs> Amen. Golly, God's good, y'all. 
I hope you like this kind of preaching. I hope you want Jesus. If you don't, you will not like this church. Because listen, we don't have time to sit around and wait for Jesus to show up. I don't have time to wait for people to surrender. That's, I'm going to leave it with you and God and y'all work that out, but we're going to go and have church. Amen? Church. Show up and be real. Show me your glory, Lord. Man, that should be our prayer of everybody in here. Show me your glory. Show me something. Listen, if Jesus hadn't done nothing in your life in the last two or three months, something's wrong. If, listen, if you don't feel like you've got joy since you got saved, there's definitely something wrong. Because here's what we always go back. Boy, I remember when I got saved, I was so much on fire. I had joy when I got saved. Why don't you have it today, my friend? It's not because God don't want to show us. It's because we don't want to get rid of stuff to get Him. i got to get to reading. I love this part. This is why we, this is going to set our church apart. <clears throat> Different than anybody else. I want to do with my water. In Exodus chapter 33. Moses is meeting with God in a tent. They just come down off with the Ten Commandments. The people of Israel, while he was gone, had melted all their jewelry, all their gold, and they made an idol they could see. Isn't it amazing? We worship, we got to worship. If we see it, we'll worship it. They had to have that calf in front of them. And they worship it. And then, as soon as they got through, I love what Jesus said, what God told Moses. Uh, she doesn't have this, but in verse 3, he says, Go up to that land of flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And God said, I'm getting off the bus right here, guys. I'm not going no more. Man, I've been with you. I'm getting off the bus. You go on yourself. Moses real quick decided to have a tent meeting. And the next verses I read is when him and Mo, God and Moses face to face are speaking to each other. <clears throat> Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, <clears throat> I pray, if you have found grace in the sight, show me your way that I may know you and I find grace in your sight. And consider this nation is your, consider them your people, Lord. And he said, and God turned right around and said, My presence will go with you and it will give you rest. And then he said to him, and then God, Moses turns right back and says, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be what? Separate. Your people and I from all the people who are on the face of of the earth. Heavenly Father, bless this word this morning. Lord, show us your glory this morning. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love this conversation with Moses. Moses goes in the tent. Now, now you got you got you got to remember when I read God's word, it wasn't verily, verily, Lord, will you come with us? Moses was freaking out in this tent. It wasn't verily, oh verily, Jesus, God, go with us with your presence. Thou will y'all cross over with us into the promised land. He, you know what Moses was saying? If he was in every, he said, "Listen, God, you're you're killing me. You're freaking me out here. You told me you would not go with us. You said we're a stiff-necked people, and you'd want to just consume us. Now you're telling us you're getting off the bus and you're not going. I can't believe it, God, that you're not going to go with us. You spoke to me in a bush. You call me at a burning bush. Just poof." It just blows up and you said, I am that I am is here. Goes, let my people tell them, let my people go. I went, Lord, I took my, you know, I went in there and, and, and God worked, signing and wonders you, all the way up to the death angel. Then we got to the Red Sea and I held my staff up and said, see, stand still and see the salvation of God. You just parted the Red Sea, God. I can't believe you're not going to go with us. You helped us get through. You killed the Egyptian army. And right in the middle, is he's, he's really complaining to God. I can't believe, God, you're not going to go with me and you brought me this far and now you're getting off the bus and you're going and right in the middle, have you ever been around somebody that they're just... They're just <laughs> right in the middle of that, God stops in that verse and says, Moses, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Moses never... God, I can't believe you're not going to... i tell you one thing, God. If you don't go with us, I don't want to go. And God said, Moses, did you hear what I said? Would you just zip it for a minute and listen? Man, you're killing me here. I said I'll go with you. Oh, God. Please don't ever scare me to death like that again. Okay, if you're going with me, that's great. If you're going with me, don't ever scare me and tell me you're not going to go with us nowhere. And it wasn't His omnipresence. Moses knew that God was with him everywhere he went. It was his manifest presence showing his power and glory that they were a set-aside people. They were God's chosen people and God worked special wonders through his chosen people. He said, I can't lead two million people without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot have church every Sunday without the power of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all agree with me? Amen. Something. Give me a Presbyterian nod or something. We cannot have church in this place every Sunday and expect people to be healed emotionally, physically, marriages to be mended, people to get over their spouses, whether it's marriage, death, what their kids. We, this place is a hospital, not a place to look good. Okay? We're not... Listen, this building doesn't set us apart. I see churches all the time build great buildings. That doesn't set us apart. I mean, it's impressive when you walk in a brand new church building. Wow, look at this. First thing people say is, man, God's in this place. Well, no, He's just in their back pocket. Amen? Amen? But there is blessings that comes along when God blesses, you get to build and move on and He adds too. 
See, I told the class this morning, there's, God gives us unconditional covenant promises and then there's conditional covenant promises. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, go. I want you to get your family, get out of here, go to the land of, of Ur. I'm going to, listen, I'm building a covenant with you. You're going to multiply the earth more than the sands on the sea. I'm going to bless your family and all your descendants. Listen, that was an unconditional promise. We are saved through faith by grace. God said He'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us. He loves us unconditionally. There's nothing you can do about that. Amen? Thank God He does because for me and probably for most of us, He could have left us, He could have got off a bus a long time ago. If it was up to me to work and to be righteous and be the person I needed to be, this church out, listen, nobody would be here this morning. Thank God He gave us a second chance. Amen? And a third and a fourth and a fifth. But then there's some promises in God's Word that are conditional. We have to move and do this before He blesses us. I'll quote you one. There's a word in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in there hundreds of times. If. If my people. That's not automatic. God's going to bring revival. And He shows up and heals our land. Heals our bodies. Heals our churches. Heals our people. and brings. That's not automatic. That's why God shows up in some churches. In some meetings. In some places. He does not. It's not automatic when we come here every Sunday that God is going to show up and show off. His presence is here, but during the week, there's a lot of ifs that have to take place. If you do this, then I'll be there with you and I'll bless. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then... Then I will heal their land. See, that's conditional. But sometimes us as Baptists, and I believe in security of the believer, but folks, sometimes that makes Baptists lazy. It makes them lazy. I believe without a doubt, God's got a hold of me, Levi, and He'll never let go of me. But that don't give me a right to go out and act like a... <laughs> during the week. Oh, God loves me. He'll forgive me. It's okay. That's abusing God and His grace and His love. Grace and love should motivate you to do more for Jesus, not to do what you want to do. If my people... Brother George, I don't know why I'm not being blessed. If... Insert your name with the name word people. If George Vincent, if Tim Holmes, if Jerry Kilby, that's conditional. In your spiritual growth and experience in Jesus, they're conditional. Y'all understand where I'm coming from? You're not working for nothing, but there's conditions on being blessed. <laughs> Moses wanted, I love this. 
He wanted a distinctive church. That should, that should be us, guys. We should want to be distinct. I don't want to be like everybody else. Amen. Well, Brother George, we need to, we need to do this. And, and, and I tell you what, that church bought a blue van. If we buy a blue van, I think we can fill it up too. That church down the road, they did a WANA program. And here's how they did it. Step by step. If we'll do this, we can have 150 kids. That church down the road, they play new music or hymns. And if we'll do new music, we'll grow. If we play just the old music, we will get back to grow. No, it's if my people. If the heart is right. If you want to be distinct and say, Jesus, I want your presence to show up and do something that that is not in the bulletin. Wow. Good Lord, show up and do something that ain't printed. Amen. Most churches think that happened. It was a misprint. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. Do something that we haven't planned in our service. If we continually do services, now listen guys, we've got to have organization in the church. That's not what I'm saying. But we can't be so organized that this is a business and the Holy Spirit is peekaboo and looking in. Okay? You've got to be organized. You've got to be ready. You've got to have your stuff prepared. That's why God gifted administrators and all of that in Romans. That's why they have the gift. But you can't do a service three songs, do do do. We, man, there's I, I've been in churches where people, man, some of them folks back here in the back got that fan going. We didn't sing that four song. It's in the bulletin. That that really makes me mad. Hey, man, they notice more about the bulletin than they do in their own heart when God is speaking. <laughs> it's amazing. There are some churches you go preach at and and there was a guy here the other day who went and preached for a view of a call that I know real well. Got the job and all this and some of the people, there was a few, just a very, out of a hundred, two hundred, just a very two or three, four that didn't vote for him. One of the deals was, well, why didn't you not like, well, he said ain't way too many times. I thought... Wait till he worries about it. Amen? Amen. My goodness. Here I say worry all the time. I said if it was because I ain't, I'd have been kicked out of Pleasant Hill years ago. Amen? I mean, Moses stuttered. I guarantee he said ain't. Amen? But see what people look at? They don't look for the presence of God. We all want to look on our outer appearance and we don't want to wait and see what the heart of a person really is. I don't care if he's got tattoos. I don't care if he's got earrings. Wait and see his heart before we judge him. Well, he can't be a man of God. He's got a tattoo on his arm. Listen, old things are passed away. All things become new. Amen? I'm sure they were saying a whole lot worse about the Apostle Paul when he was killing people and put them in jail. 
This is why, I'm telling you the truth, this, this is why the manifest presence of God can't break through the roof. How many this morning prayed for God to show up and show off? Here's where I used to be on being a distinctive church. Here's why it's distinctive. Where's my... Go back to that verse, Tina. Where did I do with my Bible? Go back to that verse in Exodus 33. Here's what makes us a distinctive church. This is why Moses hungered for the manifest presence. Here's what he said. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found favor how will people know outside these walls that Jesus is in Pleasant Hill? It won't be the way we dress. Amen. It won't be how nice and big are. Let me let me put it won't even matter how many people are in the building. See, this is where Pleasant Hill is at. God is wanting to take us to another level. You're always going to have one or two scragglers that really don't care and they try. I don't mess with them. We're going to go on with the Holy Spirit. Oh, you'd have got fired just in my church. Well, oh well. I'm telling you, God is going to take this church to a different level as your pastor. But we've got to be distinct to get to the next level. When people walk in these doors, they need to walk out saying, man, more than, man, that guy there, he kind of crazy on his preaching, but I like him. They need to look more than just me. They need to feel the presence of God and see it working in their heart, in the music, in the preaching, but it don't stop there. They got to see it in the pews. Amen? They got to see God out here. We don't need no snub noses, cold children. Just tell them hi and thank them for being in church. Amen? It's not my job to shake everybody's hand and welcome them in this church. I'm sure I probably missed somebody today and didn't welcome you. Give me on the way out, amen? I'll be at the back door. But I know some people in church, and this is how I know that God is not moving and they're not growing, is they get upset because I didn't shake their hand. Or, y'all know my ADHD. Amen? You may be sitting right there and I shook her hand and Paula said, Brother George, and I went, and I just bypassed him. And I went, did you see that? He just passed me and didn't shake you don't have ADHD. Come get some of mine and we'll see. Amen. I mean, it don't take nothing to get me up. I'm on the go. Here, here, here. When I walk in church on Sunday, it's Brother George, Brother George, Brother George. And so excuse me if I didn't shake your hand. Amen. This is a good sermon, Lord. Thank you. There'll be a line from here to there before we leave today. People won't shake my hand. 
But he said, Lord, I need something that will make us separate. And this used to bother me in church. Especially when, we came, when I came here and we built this new building. And we started growing. When we got in here, we started growing. Don't know what it was. I know right now, if I could put another 200 chairs in here, they'd be full in six months. I know it. God's done it over and over and over and over. The only reason we're not full right now is people ain't going to be crowded every day. But I guarantee you, if I could get 200 more chairs in here, Tim, it'd be full in six months. Just grow. And, but this used to bother me. When we got in here, I remember me and Brother Doug, was, we got in here and we had 180 chairs. Man, that was like Bellevue in Memphis with 20,000. It looked like 20,000 chairs out here, man. I told Brother Doug, we'll, it'll take us 10 years to fill these chairs up. And then all of a sudden we went to 200. And then to 250. And then to 300. And then to 350. And then to almost 400. I was thinking, wow, God. But during that time, and God showed me that it's all about His presence. It's not about us. See, I used to worry, Tim, when people... I don't worry as much anymore. But it used to bother me when new visitors would visit. A new family would come in. And I'd be up here praying, Oh, Lord Jesus, please just let them, let them like this church. we got to grow. We need new people. We need to grow. Amen? Amen. Man, let them like this. Oh, please, praise team, don't mess up. I want you to hit every note. I want y'all to sing like angels. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, let my sermon be so anointed this morning. Let it touch them when they're crying at the altars. Let them fall in love with this church. Then I'd say, oh, Lord, please let the air be just right. Don't let them fan, Lord. Don't let them get hot. They won't come back. Lord, please don't let the music be too loud. Because then they stand in the back and they hold their ears. And... It's too loud in that church. I don't like that new music. You know, I think sometimes we become like Goldilocks in the church. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too short, it's too long. It's got to be just right or I can't worship. And see, that used to bother me. My whole time was consumed, Tim. As, I, as soon as I walked in the door, man, I hope that usher we got back there, I hope he can hush. <laughs> man, I, I hope he's nice. I hope he don't stare at somebody that they're wearing something. What do you got on? You know what I mean? I hope he's nice and I'll please welcome him in the front doors. Let their visit be so accomplished. Let's accommodate them so much. That they fall in love with us. And there's the problem. They fall in love with us. Church is not about us. Here, here, hey, here is the definition of good Sunday. I wrote it down. I gotta find it. I wrote it down. When God is real and He manifests Himself to us first. 
then worship services are designed not to attract people, but to but worship should attract the manifest presence of God. Then God will attract the people. Amen. Listen, guys, there's nothing that us is going to do to attract people. If it is, they're going to be quick burners and they're going to, they're going to be gone. But when they're attracted by the presence of the Holy God, and He convicts them and shows them a sin, shows them that they need to make changes, and it encourages them too, on top of that, inside, listen, conviction of sin is encouragement. We think it's a, oh, judgment, bad stuff. It's encouragement. God's trying to get you from A to B. To get you to be transformed from the old you to the new you that He died for. It's encouraging. And so now, I don't pray that they'll like the air, like the building. I don't care if they like what I'm wearing. If they like the air, the music's too loud or too soft. Lord, you show up and show off and you'll bring the people back. <laughs> Manifest yourself. Now, there's a whole lot in that. That's another sermon right there. There's things we got to do to attract God. But for today, this is just sermon one, okay? But we got to be distinctive. People need to walk in here and know, know that God's in this house. Know that, man, I, I know that old boy right there. He used to be something else. Yeah, he, that's the thing. With Jesus, there's a lot of used to be's. Amen. Amen. With Jesus, there's a lot of used to be's. Remember, Paul said, I forget those things which are in the past, and I want to run after, I'm hungry to go after the prize of Jesus Christ. Your past is not the problem. But right now, are you giving real meaning to your past? See, it's not about your past, but what are you doing now to make your past look like the past? It took on a whole new form. And see, that's what the presence of God does. Where are you at? I'm going to quit today because I, I got so much I want to preach on. The manif- this, is going to, this is going to make our church this year. The presence of God. Because the visitors that are here today, if they didn't feel God, it doesn't matter how good I preach. It doesn't matter how good the music is. People want something that changes. Because listen, we all have holes in our heart. Listen, there's a hole. Here's what we do a lot of time as Christians. There's a big old circle hole. We try to put a square peg in a round hole. We go out there and find every square peg the world has to offer to give me peace. And it don't fit. And we force it. And we try it for a while. But we always end up coming back to God. Because nothing out there satisfies but that round peg. That round peg is God. He created us that way. There's nothing you can do about it, guys. There's a hole in your heart that God wants to feel that only He will bring peace that passes all understanding. And give you but see here's the deal. In the church today, we need to be spiritually discontent. Paul was materially dis, he was materially content. Paul said, 
whatever state I am, I'm content. Whether I'm in a prison or I'm sitting in front of King Agrippa eating a nice dinner preaching the gospel or if I'm in chains in Rome writing the gospel, I find myself to be content. But this one thing I want to do is I want to know Christ more. I want to know the power of His resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection, His sufferings. I want to know Christ more. He was not spiritually content in his 60s before he got beheaded. Paul was still as hot for Jesus as he was after he got saved. He loved him more and more and more. Let me ask you this. Does it take a function to get you to come to church? Does it take a dinner? Yeah, ice cream supper tonight. You got to come to that. What is it? What drives you to go to church? Hey, I'm going to be here preaching every Sunday, and I pray every Sunday they're convicting and God moves us. But are we here because of His presence? Have you seen God do something lately in your life? Well, Brother George, I got saved 15. That's way too long, Chief. If that's the last time you experienced God, there's something going on. More than just say, it, when's the last time God, you knew without a doubt it was God speaking to you? Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and Lord, as we sang during worship, I need thee. Lord, that should be every one of our concern this morning. We walked in the door. Is Lord, yes, we're here to, to walk people into the presence of God. But Lord, we need to come in here with a hungry heart saying, Lord, I need Thee, not just every hour, but Lord, not just every minute. Lord, I need You every step and second I go every day, Lord, I need Thee. And Lord, there may be someone in here today that's been trying to live their spiritual walk apart from Your power. They've been doing it in their own strength. But Lord... We can't do nothing, but willpower will only get us so far. We will tire and burn out. It's amazing how we start out walking with God. And then after 10, 15 years, we start, it's all about working for God. We need to get back to walking with God. And then it won't feel like work. Because we're so in love with you. Lord, make this church distinctive. Make us separate. Lord, we don't want to be like everybody else. Lord, we want You to make us different. Your manifest presence in this place. Do things, Lord, that we have not seen or expect so we'll know that it's You moving among our church. Lord, I pray that You'll create a hunger in this church body. Lord, make us discontent to be. Every person is sitting out there right now, Lord, Help them to be discontent about where they're at in their spiritual walk. That they got to have more. And Lord, when we leave here today touched by Jesus, we're excited about our relationship with You. We're excited about our marriage. We're excited about life. Because we know that You'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us. You come to give us that abundant life. And as David said, 
There's fullness of joy in your presence. Do you have joy this morning? Lord, have your way in this service, this altar call. Lord, speak to our hearts. Draw us. Don't, don't let us look around and worry about who's looking, who's watching. Lord, you're looking straight in our hearts. You know our hearts more than anybody in here. You know what it's all about. You know what we need, Lord. Convict us and move us to you this morning. For folks here that need to be saved this morning, Lord, come and let them give their heart to you. If they need to come and rededicate their life, they've been saved, but they just feel a hundred miles away from you, Lord. Let them come with one prayer and rededicate and give their heart back to you. They may want to come join. They may want to come be baptized. Whatever it is, maybe we'll just come pray this morning. Maybe they're carrying such a burden, they can't even get their head up and walk because life has them burdened down. Lord, take all that away this morning. Open the veils and curtains this morning and show us you. Show us your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone say it.